All right, we are live. Welcome to your power call this morning. Welcome to this morning's power call this morning. Family, we're going to be uh, watching the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speak on fear, faith, and truth. And guess what I just noticed? What I just noticed was he did this exactly two years after I was born. June 6th. I never knew that. I'm looking at the date right now as I'm about to play it. And it literally says June 6, 1996. Wow. And this is called the three keys to solving the problems of life. Mm, mm, mm. Don't we need some keys to solve our problems in our lives? So this morning, if you're on for your very first time, um, we ask that you get, as Brother Wesley said, get your pen and your paper out or your phones that you type on. And if you are directly on the Zoom with us, and for those who be asking, man, how do I get on the Zoom? I would like to share my thoughts and all that type of stuff, right? Well, all you got to do is text the word NATION to 833-276-7174. Text the word NATION to 833-276-7174. And I had the wrong thing on there. This is the right one. My bad. I had the wrong one on there. Fear, faith, and truth. All right. Uh, Why is it showing that? Okay, there we go. I see. All right. So uh, text the word NATION to 833-276-7174 if you would like to come directly on the Zoom with us. If you are on for your very first time on the Zoom as well, make sure you join our Telegram. That's where we also communicate as well. And if you would like to be my guest tomorrow at your local Muhammad Mosque or study group, go to www.noistudygroup.com and we're going to have a sister reach out to you with the instructions. So uh, let's go ahead and get started with the minister. In just a few moments, we will hear from the most powerful black man in America today. I don't think you heard me. The most powerful black man in the world is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. The man, here he is, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! Allahu Akbar! The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan! In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, we give him praise and thanks for his intervention in our affairs in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, the great Mahdi, who came among us and raised one from our midst, upon whose shoulders he placed the heaviest burden that has ever been placed on any human being in the annals of history 
and upon whose shoulder he placed a weighty word to deliver that heavy burden. The heavy burden is the resurrection of the mentally dead black man and woman of America. We thank him for his choice of the right man to do the job. And that right man is his Messiah to us, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. I greet all of you, my dear brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace. We say it in the Arabic language, Assalamu Alaikum. <laughs> to Minister Ismail Muhammad and members of the ministry, uh, class, laborers, brothers and sisters, visitors and friends, I'm always very happy and honored to be in your midst, to be able to share with you some of that which we have learned as a result of attempting to follow this very bold, wise, courageous, and powerful black man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Our subject today deals with three words. These three words represent essentials that would allow us to live life successfully the way God intended for human beings to live. These three words, if understood and acted upon properly, will give us a key to mastering every situation that life could pose. I want each of us to think about something in life that is troublesome to us. I want us to think about something in our own life that we need to overcome. I want us to think about something in our life that we desire but as yet have not been able to attain it. Mastery of the principles underlying these three words will not only give you the solution to that particular problem that you and I personally may have, but it gives you the key to any problem you will ever face at any time in your life. The three words, number one, fear. Fear. Number two, faith. Number three, truth. 
fear. Is fear natural? If fear is a natural thing, then is it something that we must overcome? And if so, how? According to the dictionary, fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending pain, danger, evil. Whether that pain, danger, or evil is real or imagined, if you become afraid even of some imaginary thing that has not yet happened, the distressing emotion will still be present. It is the feeling or the condition of being afraid. But there's another kind of fear. It has reverence to it, and that is the fear of God. Fear restricts whatever we are afraid of. That that we fear makes us insecure. Whatever makes us afraid and insecure could cause us to bow. If we bow to that which we fear that has made us insecure, then there is no way that we could be Muslims. I'm going to say it again. Whatever you fear, gives you a sense of insecurity. You, you don't feel secure. The very fact that you feel insecure is beginning to tamper with your being a Muslim. Because a Muslim is one who has been made secure. And having been made secure enters into peace no matter what the circumstance is. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. When we are afraid, fear causes us not to think properly. Fear causes us not to act properly. Fear makes you so insecure that you have a tendency to acquiesce, to submit, to surrender to the thing that you're afraid of. And if you acquiesce, submit, and surrender to what you are afraid of, then it becomes a God to you beside God. Do you understand? Now, Think of something you're afraid of. 
or someone you're afraid of. If somebody can terrorize you, they got you. The moment they can make you tremble, I mean, some things can make you tremble now. But the question is not if you tremble, the question is what do you do after something makes you tremble? Now, if you just lay down, say, oh, <laughs> in the street language, somebody just punked you. then you can't say I'm a Muslim and I'm afraid and I wouldn't challenge my own fear. It is not that you won't be made afraid because there's some terrifying things in this world. But when you are afraid, that's the test of faith. Now you gotta call on what you got faith in. Now, now some of us might have faith in our, our own strength. You know, I go to the gym every day, I, I work out, you know, I, I built my muscles and so you don't make me afraid, I'll rely on my strength. But when somebody got a 357 Magnum placed at your head then all your work in the gym <laughs> might not help too much <laughs> so when you face the gun fear jumps up in your heart because you know that has the power to take your life Well, do you surrender or do you challenge the thing that has made you afraid? Now, most of us, when we are tried by fear, we succumb. And no man can ever be what God intended him or her to be if you allow anything but God to make you afraid. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say it again. I want you to internalize this. Anytime we allow anything to make us afraid and we refuse to challenge our fear of that thing, then we can never be that man or that woman that God intended us to be because fear will not allow you to be yourself. Now, if God made man and woman in his own likeness, then can you imagine God being afraid? I mean, just think about God for a minute. Ooh. There's a lion. Oh. How 
could he be afraid of what he created? So if he is the creator and this is the creature, then he has natural mastery over it if he does not allow what he created to terrify him. This is no Frankenstein. That the thing created now can terrify its creator. There is nothing in creation that can make God afraid. Well, then if God is not afraid of anything that he created and you and I are in his image and in his likeness, will you tell me please how we can justify being afraid of anything in creation? Tell me, can you justify it? Now, now, now let's, let's talk about that for a minute. Because it's easy to say no, sir. But let's, let's talk about it. Let's see if there's anything in creation we justify in being afraid of. Let's start with the biggest thing. The sun. Should we be afraid of it? Why? It was created to serve you. Moon, stars. Everything that you see was created to serve man. If you're afraid of it, you can't master it. You don't even approach it with the thought of mastering the sun. Let's not even talk about mastering ants or bees or birds. But you were created to master everything in creation because everything in creation was created to be the servant of man. Well, if you become afraid, fear restricts you from the study necessary to become a master. Well, there are things in life I mean, if you were out in the field and a, and a bear jumped up, I mean, a bear will make you afraid, brother. You know, and there are other creatures that will make you afraid too. But you know what? The creatures have a natural fear of you because they know something about you that you don't know about yourself. The creatures know that you have been given power over them. They're frightened of the human. But the human has no right to be frightened of the creature. I once was listening to a tape by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I was out in Arizona taking a month to fast and pray and discipline myself for a fight against cancer. And while I was out there, I was listening to a tape of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, and he was saying that God did not make the original man, black man, to be afraid of anything in his creation. He only made you and me to fear him. And it is the fear of God and God alone 
that gives you mastery over the creation. But if you don't know God and won't trust God and have faith in God, then things that make you afraid will become your master. So after I heard that on the tape, it just so happened the next morning, every morning I went for a morning walk. And I would walk from four miles every day to 11 and 12 miles sometime on the weekends. So this morning I was out walking. I always had the brothers to to walk a few paces behind me because that was my time of communicating with God and I felt I wanted to just be to myself. This morning I'm walking and a big bull is in the path. I ain't talking about a cow now. And there is a difference. And the bull is about where the exit sign is back there. And I'm walking. The bull see me, I see the bull. The bull stop and I stop too. And the bull put his head down and start moving his feet, you know. And I know what that means. And you know what that means. And a little fear, you know, jumped up in me. And I just remembered the words of Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I said, well, wait a minute. I ain't supposed to be afraid of this. I started walking. Now, wait a minute. I'm challenging my fear. I'm not saying you won't be made afraid, but you must not let things punk you. That's what I'm talking about. I couldn't turn around. I couldn't run backwards. I couldn't walk back because I had something in my head that my teacher had told me. So I talked to myself. You heard what he said. And brother, sometimes you got to talk to yourself. Sometimes you don't have time to talk to yourself. But I had at least 50 or 60 paces to think this thing out. And I started walking toward the bull and the bull never moved. He put his head down again and he started doing this, you know. And I kept right on walking. And when I got about 20 paces from the bull, fear jumped in him. And the bull ran off in the bush. I said, Allahu Akbar. (laughs) And what I'm suggesting to you is that the thing that has made you afraid if you challenge your fear of that thing you might find fear jumping into that thing because you were not created by God to be afraid of anything in creation but he himself and he's not creation he's creator all right let's
Let's start now. Now, you know, God, we're still on fear. God is worthy to be afraid of, seem like to me. But you got to believe and know that a God exists. And there's too much majesty here for me to think that this magnificent creation doesn't have some not only architect and plan and order, but there had to be a planner and some power to give it order and to regulate the affair of the earth and all its creatures and the heavens above. So whoever that being is, I never met him, but I believe he exists. And since I believe he exists, I have a duty to him. Now the Bible says, the beginning of wisdom. Now let's think about this now. You haven't even begun to be wise. It said the beginning of wisdom. You're a beginner. If you understand that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. And I'm going to stop right there just for a minute because we can't spend a lot of time on these things, but I want you to study on it maybe after the lecture, and you will study on these things because you might be confronted with it before you leave or after you leave. <laughs> At some point, you're going to be confronted with something, and you have to become master. And all I'm trying to get you to do is not to say you ain't afraid, but to challenge fear with faith that you can overcome your fear because the moment we overcome that which we are afraid of we can become its master now everything of course except God now if the beginning of wisdom is the fear of God then what would you call wisdom if the fear of God makes you a, a beginner, then what is wisdom? See, wisdom is that which allows you mastery. And you cannot begin to become wise in life if you don't learn the fear of God. And once you learn the fear of God, then nothing in creation becomes are able to terrify you then you are in the beginners class of mastery and you know what's wrong with us as black people we're afraid and the fear that we have I mean we all go to church and I guess many of us do but we don't learn enough about God to fear him above white people. Now we, we're going to just, just let's, let's be honest now. I mean, we can shout all over the church. And then you go to work tomorrow. And the boss threatens you. 
and you feel that the loss of this job is the loss of security, so you start bowing to something that ain't right. You refuse to challenge because you don't want to lose your job. I can understand that. But if you allow a job to punk you, excuse my expression, it's really slang, I shouldn't use it, but I just want to be so clear. I don't want anybody to misunderstand. I'm not telling you to be a fool and lose your job. But I am telling you that you can challenge anybody with respect and they will learn to respect you and become afraid not of your muscle but of truth that's in your mouth that you are not afraid to speak when the situation calls for. And you know what? Practically every day in our lives, we are confronted with something that we walk away from. We don't want to tell the truth. Whatever reason you give yourself, well, I ain't going to say nothing because they ain't going to understand or I ain't going to say nothing because you know how hot-headed the boss is. But there's a way to do everything. But if you let people continue to make you afraid, then you'll never be the man that God intended you to be. And you must not oppose God's will for you. God wants you to be a man. God knows that you can never take charge of your post as a man and fulfill the responsibility that God lays on us as men if we are afraid. Your duty is support, provision, protection for your female. How are you going to protect her afraid? How can you provide for her and you're afraid that because of a job, you're not going to eat. Birds eat. Bees eat. Worms eat. Are you better than a bird, a bee, and a worm that you should put your life in the hands of a Caucasian master and you say that God is not able to feed you? No, no, no. You will survive even if the odds are against you. You will survive. You don't have to lie, cheat, or steal to survive. If you go according to the way God directs you, you will win. But if you become afraid, the fear restricts you. And you know, all of us, men and women, need psychological help. I was an athlete, and when I was a young track 
uh, I don't want to say track star, but I was an athlete. And the first meet of the year, I would either equal the record or break it. Because in that meet, there was no pressure. But when it came time for the championships, I let fear and nervousness restrict me and I lost to those who were inferior in terms of time. And here's the, the finals that is the championship and I lose in a time that I had beaten in the first meet of the year. So I didn't need more running, I needed somebody to help me with my mind. And that's what you need, we need. You need somebody to help you with the way you think. And that's what makes the Honorable Elijah Muhammad so valuable to black people. The Bible calls him a wonderful counselor. And you know, when you get in trouble, they say, well, go see the counselor. But that's what Elijah Muhammad is known for, the wisdom of his counsel. Now, look, I'm not Superman. I'm far from that. But I appear to be that to many because I won't let the power of this world punk me. Now, you know, you know, you know white folk have power. You know the government has power, don't you? Awesome power. And you know that those Jewish people that don't like Farrakhan, they are organized, they are disciplined, they have money, they have power. But I cannot let them make me afraid. I was teaching one time in New York at the John Jay College of Criminal Justice. I had made a speech that was very innocuous, you know, harmless. I didn't, you know, hit them too hard. I kind of crafted the speech real nice. I got through the speech fine. The first question, this detective got up, kind of big imposing fella and he opened his coat and he threw it back and there was this big gun on his hip and he wanted to make sure that I saw the weapon now he's trying to do what exactly trying to make me afraid and then he said Minister Farrakhan, I understand that your teacher, Elijah Muhammad, teaches that all us white people are devils.
Now that was my heart. Now he had succeeded. He made me afraid. Now, after he made me afraid, if I had laid down on what I know Elijah Muhammad teaches, then I'm through. I'm not only through in terms of him, but the worst thing I'm through with myself. And if you can't be true to you, you can't be true to nobody. So he made me afraid, but then I challenged my fear. I said, yes. Elijah Muhammad does teach that all white people are devils. And now let me tell you why. And the moment I challenged my fear, that man forgot the gun that was on his hip. And he said, I understand, I, I, I understand. He didn't want to hear no more. So listen, I sat with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and told him my experience. He was very concerned. He said, and what did you do? And when I told him what I did, he smiled. He said, yes, brother, it's written in the Holy Quran that Allah said, I will try you with something of fear. That's the first thing that God uses to try what? Your faith. I'm going to try your faith because if I can make you afraid and insecure where you lose your trust in God, then I can make you bow to what it is that you're afraid of. So he said, yeah, Allah said he would try you with something of fear, hunger. Man, hunger will get you. If you've ever been hungry, hunger will punk you, man. Somebody just don't give you food. And then come dangle something on a string. You might act up to get a piece of bread. So when God says, I'm going to try you with something of fear, hunger, loss of life. Now in all of our lives, we fear the loss of life. Someone that we love, someone close, you don't want to lose them. So people can get somebody you love and threaten you by what you love. And if you love anything more than God, then you're not worthy of God. Now this is getting heavy now. Because every one of us have suffered some kind of loss. And you don't want to lose something you love. Some of you got boyfriends or husbands. That ain't right. 
and the fear of the loss of that man you say all right I want you out on the corner tomorrow with this crack don't tell me you ain't gonna sell it smack you up in the cover of essence magazine is a black woman who was an honest student never been in trouble emerged thank you emerged and she fell in love with some boy that punked her he just beat her and told her go out and sell this and she went out and sold it got caught and is now doing 24 years because she submitted to something that she wasn't wasn't worthy at some point in your life woman you got to make a decision you gonna let some man punk you and make you a whore smack you up and see there's there's something that can be done about all things For somebody to abuse you, to get you to do what you know is wrong, and then you allow fear of loss of the man, or loss of a tooth, or loss of, a, of your life even, to make you surrender to something that is unworthy of you, then you want to pass the blame. Well, I, you, you see, it was him he beat me and made me do it. Shut up! The Bible didn't say, and the Holy Quran didn't say to the female, and if your husband beat you, it's all right to do evil out of fear of what he gonna do. The book says me, and me alone should you fear now listen to the words me and me alone then if you're afraid of your husband you've made him a god beside Allah then you'll do his will even though his will is against the will of God see you're wrong sister but my marriage vows told me that I should obey. Oh, shut up. You ain't never obeyed nobody, not even God. <laughs> Sister, you don't have no excuse because you're a female. Because if the female put her faith in God, you can terrify a man. And a man don't want to be in no trouble with a woman who ain't afraid. Because you sleep sometime. And you a damn fool to get her upset and then sleep. Because one day the sleep will be permanent. Rest in pieces.
now. In the Bible, everybody all right? In the Bible, Saul was made king over Israel. And through the prophet Samuel, God told Saul, I think it was the Amalekites he was fighting, and God told him, kill the men, the women, the children, the animals. Don't take none of their spoils. Kill them all. Whoa. Now somebody, when I remember I had a talk with a particular entertainer, very, very well known. And when he studied that in the Bible, it shook him so bad, he didn't want to go back to Bible class anymore because he couldn't understand God telling the Israelites to kill men, women, and children, kill the animals, and don't take nothing as a spoil. But if you look at God, when God is angry with a people because of that people's wickedness, he don't care nothing about children. Because if the children come from wicked parents, maybe the sins of the parents should be visited on the children. And that's why when you have children, you have to be careful how you live. Because you could be passing on to your children the weight of things that belong in your life, but they come up on your children. You didn't hear me. Saul went out. He heard the command. And he went out to the battle. And God gave him the victory. But he didn't quite obey. He allowed his men to tell him. His men said, you know, some of these women is fine. Some of these cattle are fine. Look at the gold. Look at the stuff they got. Surely, surely God is not going to mind if we take a little something. <clears throat> and Saul gave in and was disobedient. God was so angry with Saul, <clears throat> he said he would no longer recognize him as king and raise David up as the anointed to replace Saul. So fear caused a king to lose his place. Now one of the things that God always does when he chooses a person to accomplish a mission, he says to them, I am with you. Listen to these words. I am with you. Then he says, be not afraid. Be not afraid. I am with you. Take courage, 
Don't worry about how mighty they look. I am with you. Go forward. See? Now, to the Muslims, you have accepted a mission. And that mission is the liberation of all of our people. The resurrection of all of our people. So if you're afraid to go out and do your job, then you are denying God. Then he will sit you down and bring someone else in your place. See, God don't care nothing about those in positions of rulership or power. Your power depends on obedience to the sovereign of the universe. Now, so ministers, we can't make no excuse, you know. Well, see, the men, the men said they wanted, you know, and you know how it is. No, I don't know how it is. I'm sitting you down. Because you were afraid to obey me, God. So if you're afraid to obey God, then whatever you fear becomes your master. So he surrendered to his men. See, when you're in leadership, not of a gang, but in leadership under God's divine command, you do not follow the people. I don't care what the people think. If you know God has commanded you, then don't listen to the people. Listen to God and challenge the people. Huh? Now, I'm not saying something that I'm not trying to live. I am no better, no stronger, than any man in this room or any woman in this room but one thing that God has allowed me so far to do is to challenge my fear I'm going to give you a few more examples and then we'll move on to faith <clears throat> Now, why am I giving you examples out of my life? Because to give you an example out of the life of the prophets, how they challenged Pharaoh, they challenged Nebuchadnezzar, they challenged flames, that's beautiful, you know, when you read it in the Bible. But when you read it in the Bible, if it doesn't give you courage in your time period, then reading it yesterday, you might think that it can't happen today. But God is able in every generation. And he will never let you down. He will never let you down if you put your trust in him. Now I'm going to say something in my own life again. In 1972 in New York City, the police attacked our mosque. I was in my office giving dictation to my secretary and I heard some shots. I said, what is that? So I went to the door. My secretary got up to come behind me. I said, no, you stay. 
as I'm going down the stairs, the brother that was on the front post was running up the stairs and he met me going down. He said, don't go down there, minister. They shooting down there. I said, that's exactly where I'm going. Now that brother didn't say, well, if you're going, I'll go with you. He kept on going. I'm just, just telling the truth. I don't even know where that brother ended up. But he was moving. When I looked around, my secretary was right behind me. She gonna challenge, cause I'm gonna tell this is the female now. But she was disobedient. I told her to go back in the office. Why? A man can't take care of the business. If he gotta worry about the female getting hurt, I said, get back in that office. And uh, I was guilty of a little abuse because I struck her just to let her know that I meant what I said and don't come down them stairs. She was going to fight with me, but that would take my attention off of what I had to do. Especially if she got hurt. Going back upstairs. I saw a gun. A long barrel. It was like a rifle. With a, um, you know how they have these holes where you, you can cool the barrel? The gun was smoking. So you know the boy was firing it. And I mean, when I saw that smoking gun, as I was coming down, the gun preceded whoever was holding it. I'm coming down the stairs. Now, I, this is real. Should you go back up? Or should you go down? I was afraid. I challenged my fear. I went on down. See, if I'm gonna die, this is a no better day, I'm going on down. And I went down. And when I went down, a calm was around me and when I walked into the vestibule, a calm hit everybody. I went down in the basement, they had some of the brothers down there with their hands up. I said, put your hands down. When the people in the community knew that the police were in the mosque, nearly 10,000 black people came from everywhere. Look here now. They surrounded the mosque, police inside. Listen now, listen. FOI, outside, police outside. People just packed the street. Sharpshooters going up across the street into the building. The people say, you ain't going nowhere. Sharpshooter was afraid to challenge the mob. The mob set fire to their bulletproof vests, overturned their vehicles, and they said, bring Farcon out. 
and you let us see him because if any harm come to him everybody gonna die here today That was 24 years ago in the city of New York. The police came to me, Farrakhan, would you just go out and, and just let them see you? Now a policeman died on the scene. It's now a murder scene. Another policeman wounded. Cause the Muslims gonna fight. We ain't got no gun, but we got a God and we are gonna fight. say we wouldn't be made afraid but we have to challenge our fear and fight with that which fights with you in the name of God and watch God go to work and if you ain't got no God then forget it but if God is real and he is then the same way he delivered people in the past he would deliver us in the present but we just got to put faith in God and challenge fear. Now I'm saying that to say I went outside and stood on top of an automobile and there's a picture of me standing on this automobile in the New York Times back in 1972 and 10,000 angry black people in the street. And once the people saw me, I told them, everything is under control, it's all right. They wasn't gonna leave until the police left. So the police asked me if I would kindly escort them from the building. I'm not bragging, I'm not boasting, I'm not saying anything to make us look good and the police look bad. But it's just truth. They said, Mr. Farrakhan, could you bring the brothers that were in the basement down to the police station this afternoon or this evening? I said, yes. They said, fine, then we will go. Could you lead us out, please? I had to take them through the angry people and they were high-ranking police officials. I went down to the police station that night, but I went by myself with one of the other laborers, and they said, well, where are the men? I said, they're not coming. I said, my lawyers advised me not to bring anybody but myself, and so I'm here, because I promised you I would come. But that was the end of the case. They charged their brother with murder, but they couldn't make it stick. What am I saying to you? You're gonna be made afraid. I don't want you to go out of here now thinking that 
every time you are made afraid, you're going to come out all right. Because the other part of this is being fearless and faithless is not going to get you victory in every circumstance. Now, a lot of you brothers, you know, and sisters, you have a lot of macho strength. But there are some things you can't challenge with your strength. There are some things that can only be challenged with the strength of God. Now, I'm saying this to all of us, and I'm sure you know it. The government of the United States cannot be challenged with your strength and mine. It can only be challenged with the strength of God. There are forces in this world that you cannot challenge with your strength. And that's why faith is absolutely necessary to overcome fear. Everybody all right? Now this is a three-word lecture and I realize that I uh, have already spent maybe one hour on fear. <laughs> but I could stop here and you, if you took what you heard right now and made up in your mind that you're not going to let things make you afraid. But fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and mastery. Now, dear beloved um, followers and, and believers of God, without faith, you cannot achieve the impossible. But with faith, there is nothing impossible. I'm going to say that again. Without faith, you cannot achieve the impossible. Now, people are always telling you what is impossible. Come on. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, brother, you can't do that. Oh, sisters, no, you can't do that. And if you believe it, you won't even try. That's right. That's right. That's right. But when you have faith in God, there is no thing that is impossible. Now, how could that be? Because when God created this whole universe from nothing, he destroyed the impossible. I'm going to say that again. And I want you to hear it and think about it. Now, once upon a time, none of this existed. And the creator created it from nothing. Then what's impossible with him? See, a 
lot of things are impossible without him, but there is nothing impossible with him. Now look, brothers. See, when you don't have faith, real faith in God, you don't even attempt things that people say are impossible. But when you have faith in God, you will try the impossible and find it's quite possible. So faith in God is a key to accomplishing anything in life that you desire. Now look at this. And I know you've heard me say this in, in times past, but I want to reiterate it again because of how true it is. Just as a baby on its mother's breast for the first time does not know that milk is there, but will keep on pulling until some milk appears. That's faith. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. When you look at this universe, everything that you need to make life beneficial to you is already here. Think of anything you want, it's already here. You ain't got to create nothing, it's here. But the question is, how strong is your pull on the mammary gland called the universe? Because the universe is a giant breast. I'm going to say it again, since all these brothers like to think about, excuse me, excuse me, sisters. I'm trying to help you with simple things <laughs> to understand great things. If you can see the universe as a breast, I'm not being vulgar, but that's exactly what it is. And if that baby can pull on the breast, believing, hoping something gonna be there, and that hope and that belief is rewarded because milk comes. And it won't dry up as long as somebody's pulling. Then you have to learn how to pull on this universe to get the things out of life that the God who created this and you promised. What do you want? Well, brother, I'm going to pay my bills. It's done. What do you want? That's all you want? Oh. That's punk stuff. 
but you ain't even gonna pick up on the heavy stuff if you can't get by the little stuff and the little stuff that's messing your head up is denied to you because you don't have faith yes, sir. That's right. the scripture says if you had faith the grain of a mustard seed you could say to the mountain be removed and it would be so what kind of mountain do you have in your life that you can't move and have you ever seen how small a mustard seed is it is so tiny I have some at home I, I shared it with uh, brother minister Ishmael and some others that were at my table I just put a mustard seed in their hand yes, sir. he couldn't even hardly find it that's how small it is and then Jesus said if you only had faith that small you could say to a mountain be removed so what mountain is in your life that's troubling you well, I've got a lot of problems tell me something new that's what life is life is problems so what if you don't have a problem you're not here so where are you when God brought you here he brought you here to give you a problem and the solution to your problem is also here but if you lack faith you walk around like a dog chasing your tail and you never quite make it in life because you are a faithless individual that's your problem afraid and you ain't got no faith so you gotta live by schemes you gotta try and trick somebody when they ain't looking take their wallet you pickpocket you learn craft in stealing you learn how to manipulate silly people to take from them and a whole universe out here ready to give you its treasure but you are a punk and you doing punk stuff and a white man built a world on your back and you can't do a damn thing about it because you are faithless and afraid You muted, Brother Bill. Can y'all hear me now? Yes, sir. Man, that was deep, man. Uh, praise be to Allah. That was part one of fear, faith, and truth. Part one of fear, faith, and truth by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Um, I wanted to, uh, well, obviously, raise your hand if you have anything that you would like to share. Raise your hand if you have anything that you would like to share that you got from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. If you're tuning in on Facebook or YouTube and you guys want to come on the Zoom and share throughout the week, 
text the word nation to 833-276-7174. Uh, we're going to start off with, I see brother Keon. Go ahead. Are you there? Brother Keon. Oh, uh, salam alaikum, brother. Walaika salam. Uh, that's all right. Uh, I was looking the aspect of him speaking on fear. And I was listening to uh, Mother Tanetta the other day. She was speaking about, uh, damn, what she had said. Oh, yeah, that all the registered Muslims. <laughs> We got angels following us. And uh everyone so and so you know we're in danger. Your uh audio's messing up. Your audio messing up. Right, we're gonna have to come back to you another time. Let's go to brother Daniel Six X. Yes, sir. Assalamu alaikum, sir. This is a, a certainly one of my uh, uh, favorites. Um, this is a message that I nursed when I was uh, being extremely tried. Um, I would say there's quite a few things that stood out to me, but one, when he said that the original man, as he was told by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, was not created to be afraid of anything in creation but God himself. Um, that's very, very, very powerful truth. Um, it made me really think about how there's a great evolution that needs to take place within because this world has produced so much fear, fear, poverty, fear, of, you know, all kinds of various things that I realized that there has to be an evolution to where one will only fear Allah and Allah alone. Um, nursing this message and challenging some of my own fears, I realized that the three essentials that he mentioned, faith and truth, along with fear, is so powerful because my fears didn't start to leave until I started to accept the truth of myself. As long as I was denying what was going on in my mind, then it created an unbridled fear. So the more I embraced the truth of self, then I was able to address the truth outside of myself and I was able to walk more uh, freely and more unafraid. So it brings my mind to what he said, that truth is the most necessary ingredient for our salvation. Um, another thing that stood out to me was when he spoke about self-mastery and the role that fearing Allah is the beginning of wisdom. So in that walk, I realized that I have to submit to Allah and study that which he is bringing to us in the form of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding so that I can rise and not be afraid of creation, but fear him and him alone. I also remember the minister saying that if you stay there, then you just stay a beginner. So I realized that knowledge had to be gained so that I won't be so afraid when I'm restricted in my movement, but I have to gain an understanding of why I shouldn't do certain things to rise more into consciousness. So it was quite a bit in this message. Um, 
definitely listening, uh, interested in hearing what uh, fellow students have to say to gain more insight. And I'll, I'll just stop there. Assalamu alaikum, fam. Wa alaikum salam. Um, one of the, one of the things that stood out for me is the minister saying, uh, "With faith, you can do the impossible." But if you don't, and if you don't believe, you won't even attempt the impossible. And and he was talking about many of us relying on strength. We strong. We going to the to the weight room. We didn't got big, but that's not going to defeat big trials in our lives. Somebody coming up doing something, yeah, you maybe can protect yourself. You maybe can protect your family on that level. Um, but the biggest trials in our lives is going to be those spiritual trials. Uh, the mind war is, is a, I mean, sorry, the battle in the sky is, is a mind war. Uh, the scripture says we war not against flesh and blood. He's talking about uh, spiritual wickedness and those in high places. And they aren't attacking us necessarily physically like that. They're coming out our mind. They're coming out our perception. Uh, they're, they're giving us that propaganda. And uh, I don't know if it was on the power call. Was that the power call that said that when propaganda, when propaganda goes out, the snakes come up? So this is all a, a mind thing. And so if we don't have belief in something and whatever we're doing, we're not even going to strive to no pun intended, rise above emotions into the thinking of God that we was going over yesterday because we don't even believe it's possible. We don't even see it. We don't even believe or have faith that things will change. We don't even have faith that we can achieve, you know, some of the goals that we may even have. So we're not even going to put the effort in uh, to make it happen. So that was one of the things that stood out for me is that, you know, you may have some things that probably is impossible when you don't have faith, but with faith, you know, all of those things can become possible with God. Uh, so let's go over to Dr. K. Um, so this 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 message just really hit home. It's so interesting how our law works. So right now I am in a position, I think that one, you know, when your faith is tried all the time, but I think our faith is tried so much when you're dealing with life and death. And so like right now, I think, uh, you know, I'm dealing with that with someone who's really close to me. And when you're faced with that, like life and death or losing someone or the possibility of losing someone you know, fear most definitely arises in you. And so the one thing I love that the minister said is, I love how he uses his experiences because that, that helps you to um, connect and, and it's real. And so right now, you know, he, he explained how you, you're going to have fear, right? Fear is going to come, it's going to arise. And especially in the point where you're facing the possibility of death, you know, and he said that, that, but you have to challenge it. You know, we have to challenge that, what makes us afraid and how Allah tries us with fear. So it's almost like Allah actually puts that, brings that, brings those situations to you because he's trying you with fear to, in order to, to test our faith. So, you know, that just hit home and how he said without faith, 
you cannot achieve the impossible, but with faith in Allah, it makes what appears impossible possible. And when you're going through a trial where you are going through like someone who is sick and you're facing that fear of possibly the life or death, that, 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 um, being in front of you wow, fear is hard to get over that fear, but it challenges you to, you know, really have faith in God. And it's hard. You know, the reality is it's not easy. It's hard. And, you know, I find myself on my knees praying and, you know, and, and, you know, I actually sent this out to the sister, my close friend who is dealing with it right now, but, you know, Allah is merciful and Allah, you know, as long as we have faith and really believe, you know, not just saying fearless, because like he said, being fearless, but faithless, that's not going to help. You have to have faith. So anyway, thank you. This um, this message really, really was really, uh, really it hit home with um, me today. So assalamualaikum. Alaikum salam. Sister Yusina. Assalamualaikum. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So this is like Brother Daniel said, this is this is my go-to um for a lot of reasons. But you know, over the past two, almost three years, I've been I'm I'm still healing from a seizure that I had. Um and with that seizure, it for a while, it messed up my vocals. My my speech pattern was off, and it's and and I'm still working with it. So, and then there are other neurological side effects from it too, like my eyes roll when I talk sometimes. Don't and sometimes it may look like I'm a little irritated, but I'm not. And it's all from the neurological effects from the seizure. So I stopped speaking publicly. Uh, I wouldn't do interviews. I didn't at the mosque uh, in the student ministry. I didn't push to speak. I just, I stopped because I felt so embarrassed. I, uh, I didn't, I, I still, I'm still dealing with memory. And so it left me in uh, like a paralyzed state. And it took last year where I had this aha moment. It was when my mother passed, may Allah be pleased with her, in August of last year. And I had to, as I did with my father, I had to speak and memorialize my mother. And it wasn't the time to punk out, so to speak. So I had to go into prayer. And allowed a lot to show up and show out in me and make me see that he is in control of all things. And with faith, 
I could overcome it. And I, so now I've learned a lot of times when I'm sitting here and I'm listening to everybody, I practice what I'm going to say. But, you know, you'll throw in an alley-oop sometimes, Brother Ben, and I have to switch positions. Um, but even with that, I have it, it's just stepping out on faith. And because I know that God has a purpose for my life, and part of that is he uses my words to affect people, to help people. It it said, Who will I fear? The God with the, the God within myself. Who will I fear a lot? Or will I fear the the little gremlins that come up to keep me from fulfilling my purpose? So I I choose to fear Allah <laughs> and step out on faith. And, and that's one of the reasons why really I come on here to listen to what everybody says and to get that confidence that I need uh, to, go, to, to start moving forward. Uh, thank you. I guess that's my time. All right. As salam. <laughs> Brother Wesley. Assalamu alaikum. Um, that was that was good. I um I kind of lost where I was gonna go with what I was gonna say, but um, what what stuck out for me mostly um, let me make sure I put my notes back up, is that anytime we allow anything to make us afraid and we refuse to challenge that fear, we can never be what Allah intends us to be. Um, that that has always resonated with me. Um, especially like with my, my self-development, my self-improvement. And I think about any time that I'm presented with an opportunity or presented with a test um, of my faith, really, that's really what it is. Um, I realized that once I get past it, that it really wasn't um, what I thought it was. And and I, I actually, it's, it's amazing how time and, and how things work. Cause I was just talking about this on my live this morning, just about how we overcome fear and how fear restricts us. Because I, I listened to this, lecture often um anytime i feel a little timid about things that i'm doing especially now with um learning business and learning how to get be better at content creation and learning how to get better be better as a person really in general um i tend to in the past get in that comfort zone where i don't want to grow which is really what i'm saying i don't I, i'm not allowing myself to grow because i'm trying to play the back seat i'm i'm always i've always have been in the past, always saluting and tooting everybody else's horn, but afraid to toot my own horn because I'm afraid of what people going to think or is he being arrogant or or whatever it is. And even when I um, was real heavy playing basketball as well, when I, you know the team that I'm on may be losing and everybody's kind of getting down on the spirit instead of stepping up, I would let my fear allow us to still lose when I know I had the ability to do what I needed to do. Um, so it's just a, a great reminder. Um, I, I love this this particular particular lecture because we don't want to allow anything on this planet to to as the minister has said uh, to punk us because that's what the the enemy wants to do and it's really just a bluff because the enemy really has no power over what what Allah has ordained on us to be able to overcome when He brought up the fact that if we are afraid of problems then why are we here we were put here to 
solve these problems. We will put here to face these problems and overcome these these problems. And if we continue to allow problems to stop us, then we'll never get to where we're supposed to go. We'll never be what we were designed for. And if we are in this classroom of, of Allah and we're rising, and as we spoke about before in, in the study, in the study guide, rising above emotions into the thinking of God, if we're striving to become God's ourselves, we can't allow fear to be our God. We can't allow other people to be our God. We can't allow our children to be our God. We can't allow our mates, our spouses, our relationships, what people think and other opinions of other people be our God. We have to seek refuge in Allah. We have to make sure that we are putting ourselves in the right position to be open to Allah's guidance and his protection and his comfort and not being so wrapped up in ourselves, not being so wrapped up in our mistakes, our failures and understand that those things are a part of the process. What we don't know is a part of us going submitting to that process to know. And until you accept the fact that you don't know something, until you accept the fact that, yeah, I do have a little fear. And like the minister said, it's not that you won't get afraid, but if you're not going to challenge it, then that becomes your God. Um, even when I think about like my, my, my dog, sometimes my dog is a little erratic. You know, and you can get, let it be fair, barking and doing whatever he need to do. That's that's his fear, you know, and then we think about animals. They really are afraid of us. And we think that them barking or them um, like he's talking about the bull when it's doing that thing where, you know, uh, scratching at the ground. That's really a bluff. That's really it's trying to it's trying to make you afraid. But if we don't challenge that, it becomes a God um, beside God. And we know that we only fear a lot. And that's really what um, stands out to me on this in this lecture. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. <clears throat> Sister Brianna. Sister Brianna. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, we talk about fears. First night came up is I used to have a deathly fear phobia of virtues and i know it's illogical it's irrational they're so tiny but i did and i was at an event and the place was i'll say high enough right and i saw one now i know for a fact that this place in my 26 years of living and before has never had that problem so but people also do carry roaches on them every now and then so i didn't want anyone to think anything lower of the place so i swatted it which was amazing because I was afraid of it. <laughs> but the impression of somebody else seeing I thought was worse than me facing my fear. And now I can say that I am just uh, an extreme dislike of virtues, but it's no longer a phobia. Um, so praise be to a lot. <laughs> we definitely have to face our fears. Um, because you can even be a slave to your fears. You don't have to just be a slave in chains or a slave to your job. You can be a slave to your fears. Um, so, yeah, thank you. <laughs> One of the things that uh, came to mind, thank you for sharing that. One of the things that came to mind for me was, I think it was Sister Alexia who put it in the comment section, that people who grew up around animals are usually like fearless they don't show any fear um i mean you've seen people who have walked with lions you've seen people that done wrestle with bears 
uh, sound like I'm singing Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali poem, but I'm not. But um, wrestle with an alligator, all you know. Um, but you've seen this. You've seen Crocodile Dundee, and the what I think about is that when you have a knowledge of a thing, it removes the fear. So when I was younger, as an example, when I was younger and I played football. We used to have these big old, and I don't know if this is a Texas thing. We used to have these big, they call dragonflies, right? Now, these are some big flies. I'm talking about big flies. And you think about a wasp, right? A wasp is, you know, you know ain't, ain't, ain't nowhere near big as a, as a dragonfly. But we was always told growing up, dragonflies don't harm humans. Like, they ain't bothering you. They're going to fly around you, but they ain't, they, 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 they harmless, so as a child, I never was really afraid of a big old dragonfly as is, you know, coming by. But that's because I had learned or came to believe the knowledge that it wasn't harmful. Um, I think about, you know, uh, if a roach was in the house, oh, man, I might be afraid. I ain't going to lie to you. I like, oh, no, I ain't scared of no rat. No Man, listen, you get a rat in this man. Hey, watch out now. But uh, a, a, a water bug, right, I can walk outside and walk right past a bug. I mean, big old cockroach, I can walk outside and walk past it. I ain't tripping on it. I ain't afraid on it. Uh, however, the reason that in the home, that fear comes up because I'm not aware of where it is. Oh, man, if I fall asleep, is he going to jump on me? Is he going to, you know, something like that. So I think, you know, either we, we come more into the knowledge of what we're doing, that removes the fear, or we come more into the knowledge of Allah, which is what I believe the minister is going. We have just fear of Allah that removes the fear of everything else because we know we are supposed to be um, superior over it or we're supposed to have dominion over it. But the more knowledge we have about it, um, because Allah, what is the best knower, right? And so if he's the best knower, the more knowledge we have of a thing, the more we can be prepared and the, and, and the less the fear kind of goes away. It's kind of like if you have a awareness of martial arts. Now, of course, you know, it ain't just about your strength. It ain't just about your skill. You got to have the faith as well to even execute on the skill sets that you may have. But if you know how to take a gun from someone, if they have it pointing towards you, the fear that you have, it may be there. You may, may may be made afraid, but it's less because you have a level of knowledge as well to know how to possibly deal with it. So um, I just wanted to touch on that aspect of having knowledge of certain things as well. You know, yes, the faith got to be there. The minister talked about the bull, but in certain aspects, when we have knowledge of a thing that can help us remove fear too. Um uh, and pair with faith. Let me let me make sure that's plain. Pair with the faith, <clears throat> Sister Jamie. Assalamualaikum, family. I wanted to touch on two aspects of that um, beautiful, beautiful lecture that I am going to study a little bit more. The first aspect was that of the woman. Um, I was just telling somebody recently about my knowledge and how my knowledge of things have caused me them to be my stronghold and my stranglehold. And they asked me, well, what does that mean? Can you break it down on a you know, more level, knowledgeable level? I said, well, because I know what I know. Um, 
I have built a fortress with what I know. And so my knowledge, I know what I know. So I'm, I'm safe and or have faith with what I know. But it also is my stranglehold, which causes asphyxiation, which causes you to die, right? Because we so strong in what we know that the real faith can't come in. We can't rely on the thing that is unseen because we know what we know. So sometimes the knowledge that we do have, Brother Ben, can cause it to also be our stranglehold because we know we think we know what we know. And there's nothing else that can challenge that knowledge of, of, of a thing. So it could be birth or a blessing, but also can be a curse. So we have to not lean on our own understanding. All praises due to Allah. So I just wanted to say that to the women. Get out the way. I'm, and, and, and I'm a woman, right? So I'm telling, I'm talking to myself as well, too. Sometimes we got to get out the way of our own selves. Um, the minister, when he said, when he had to smack her, he said, I had to smack her a little bit. So that means he had to say, look, woman, you is not a man. You, you don't, I'm trying to worry about what's going on down here. And here you are in my back. And I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do to protect you as the woman. Get out the way, sisters. Um, with that being said, I want to also go into because I'm known as a sister that got shot. It's about that faith thing. Now let's go on that faith part. They got shot eleven times in the nation and survived and walked out the hospital eight hours later. The night that this happened was one of the darkest nights of my life. I have never seen so much intense darkness, but an energy of spirit told me that if I don't go home, that two of my children was going to get killed that night. And I rebut and I rebuttal that because I'm like, I'm not going to lose my children, not to this world, not over this. So when I ran home and even though there was an angel in my ear telling me, if you go home, you going to die tonight. I said, but no, no, Allah, no, I rather go than my children go. So we got to be real careful when we, we butt the 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 uh, message of Allah. We got to be real careful, sisters and brothers. So when I went home and I and I'm and I here I am in this pure intense darkness at home. Even though my heart was beating and my stomach was turning and turning, I still faced this this block full of Latino brothers. And I said, excuse me, may I have a word with you all? May I have a talk with you all? And even though they still perceived me as a threat and I, they did try to take my life. Allah said, no, not this one, not her. You can't have her. And I walk out the hospital and I ain't no life support. No, none of that. I mean, literally walked out the hospital eight hours later. Of course, by then I had all my beautiful guards, brothers and sisters on my side walking out that hospital with me. All I'm trying to say is fear can make us dumb to ourselves. We don't listen to rational thought. We don't listen to rational understanding. If I wouldn't have went home, but the fear of losing my children, maybe Allah would have kept my children in the house. And just maybe I wouldn't have had to take 11 bullets because but because I was afraid of losing my children, afraid of them getting killed, afraid of something happened to them. I bucked divine instruction and had to face 
the struggle and still struggling of what I had to face four years ago. So all I'm trying to say is listen to the word of Allah, especially when he give you a divine instruction, divine understanding. We have to get out our own way. Um, and with that, that's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to put that out there. May Allah continue to bless all y'all. Assalamualaikum. Yes, ma'am. Brother Ahil. <laughs> Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. There's a lot of good topics, and a lot of people made some good points. And uh, Brother Wesley was speaking strictly from my uh, subconscious. Because uh, he pretty much said a lot of things that I was going to speak on about uh, the fear and where fear comes from and how it resonates and how it hinders people from growing. When I say people, I'm speaking uh, about myself. So I, I, I still struggle with, uh, with what's the word, self uh put downs I guess or like I'm I'm very uh, hard on myself and I, I tend to look at look at focus on my failures more than my successes even though I've, I've achieved a lot in my life I, I look at my failures I make a mountain out of a pebble pretty much in certain situations and brother Wesley's words did resonate as, as to me and a lot of a lot of the sisters as well but <clears throat> my bad. I, I kind of lost lost my train of thought when I was listening to the uh, to the other sister speak. So I, I just leave my there. Yes, sir. Thank you. We got more bites. More bites going once. Assalamualaikum, everyone. Waalaikumsalam. Um, greetings, greetings. I want to say that. I love the message that was presented and I do apologize about the volume outside. That's what I can't control. But um, what I would like to say is we are divinely protected and I'm glad to be divinely protected. I can go where I want, do what I do, be how I am and still live and know that whatever I put my mind to, my actions, my words, my thoughts, my heart, I am divinely protected. We are so divinely protected that even if we step across our threshold, we are protected. We can step and go and keep moving on. As the Honorable Louis Minister Farrakhan said, we should be dimensional thinkers. So therefore, we should not be walking in fear amongst nobody, not even ourselves. And I'm glad to be able to walk in faith and truth of Allah, dismantling any fear that could ever come to my mind or try to make surface. The fear doesn't win. The fear is just an illusion. It's not going to happen. And I speak that all the time. My affirmation is I am protected. I am divinely 
protected and I belong to a divine sovereign nation. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Brother Charles B. Brother Ben. Yes, sir. Hello. Hell is low. What's up? Brother Ben. Yes, sir. Hello. Hell is low. All right, let's go to Brother Alan J Johnson. Let's uh, work on his audio. Let's go to Brother Alan Johnson. Peace, family. Um, I was just listening to the lecture, and the minister said that uh, you can't master what you fear. And um, I've been, you know, uh, trying with uh, real estate and mortgage banking. And uh, I would get to these networking events and... I would be grilled by people like people that I would assume are like a higher level and they would grill me on my experience and my knowledge. And I would always kind of like back down and pretty much just not, you know, be able to answer the questions successfully. And, um, whenever I would leave those events, the answers, all, all of my experience, all of my knowledge would come right back to me. And so, um, I just realized that, like, just listening to the lectures, the minister said, uh, you know, everything that you want in the universe is already there. The answers were already there, but I let my fear paralyze me. And uh, so basically, I'm just glad that I listened to this lecture because I know that first I must master my fear before I can master any industry. Um, it's just a blessing to, to hear the, this lecture today. So thank you. Praise be to Allah. Brother Martin Banks. I'm glad the clip God is back. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, what I wanted to say was I had to grow into the faith of finding comfort in my discomfort in the times of the adversities that arise in life. And just as uh, we go to the seek refuge prayer, I also started adding in the serenity prayer, which was turned to be a nice tool, instrumental tool, and wanted to ask Cliff God, could he find a clip on mastering You you break it you breaking up. You said master master what again? That's where I I have made lots of progress with my eating habits as far as eating meat. I don't eat any meat. I only eat fasting, disciplining yourself with, with eating. I have mastered myself with uh, not eating meat and only eating fish. But that, that is my weakness, and I would like to move from stop eating fish as well. All right, we got a uh we couldn't hear you, brother. If you can if you can finish that inside the chat, you're chopping up really bad. And uh whatever you was asking me to find, I, I really couldn't hear it. So try to finish that inside of the uh inside of the chat. Your audio is chopping up real bad. 
All right, let's, let's, let's move to iPhone. Good morning, family. Good morning. Um, I just wanted to briefly, you know, touch on on fear and growth. Um, I think growth is uncomfortable. And when you're growing into new uh situations or circumstances that that does create fear um it's really something that you've never done before uh me growing up i've always had anxiety and what i recently learned is that anxiety is trying to control the future which is impossible you cannot control the future you don't know what's going to happen but if you allow yourself to dwell on things that might happen you get paralyzed in that fear and you cannot push forward um i really quick i work in the tech space and i'm often the only brown person in the room um that itself is uh creates a little bit of fear because like my brother was saying, you get grilled on questions, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, at times you feel like you're speaking for all black people. <laughs> um, and then it didn't help that I, that I grew up stuttering as well. So the stuttering came from the anxiety. Um, but then when I realized, Hey, you can only control what you can you can't change anyone's mind of what they think about you or how they feel. And it's their right if they like you or not. It doesn't matter. You can just do what you can do. Um, and, and through that, I, I grew. Um, so growth is uncomfortable. It's like a seed you plant in the ground, you water it. That growth of it pushing through that soil is uncomfortable. You know, but it's worth it. Okay. That's all I had to share. All right. Thank you. We got Lilia. Yes. What are you doing? Did you call my name? Yes, ma'am. You can go. Oh, Samalaikum. Real quick, because um, I'm in the middle of my little uh, Tiny Tots Cultivating Minds class. But anyway, brother, um, so I've only been in the nation like 25 years, so I'm still a baby. And um, when um, Allah does show you some things, and he also. Mm, you got to mute it. Uh, unmute yourself, please. Oh, it used to. Uh, I have the gift of sight. And when you can see things before it happens, I was helped by the minister. He said you can beat prophecy. So oftentimes I hold my guns in, in my front pocket, or whatever word you want to use it or your book, or whatever, you know, but I hold it in my front pocket so that I can keep a note. So if I hear one sound of what I saw, then I'll be able to be prophecy, maybe turn around or, you know, leave the scene or uh, change some things. But there are some things you can't change because the minister teaches us that um, 
that um, some things have to happen so other things could happen. So if you are Hagar and um, your circumstances is going to be like her, you, like the brother said earlier, you, you might have to just go through some of these things in order to get where you need to be, you know, and it's going to take a lot of pain. I mean, I saw a lot of stuff that, you know, it's, it's kind of scary, but I'm a challenger and I do challenge some things. This, I, and for a minute, I was back down and boggled by something, but I write a lot of notes that the minister said, and I'm in New Orleans right now, but when I went home, and got some, uh, this, I just got a bag of stuff because I'm also an artist trying to put my little children's book together. So when I went through it and I saw this, this little card, this index card, and it says, you saddled with fear. I was like, wow, that's you. I was like, I, I can't do that no more. You know, and so my minister here and his and one of the other brothers that speak often, he started peeling back the skin. Like, you know, what a minister talked about this onion or I talk about peeling your cap back when you getting rid of somebody or you say something that could, you know, help them to get back off of you. And uh, it was working. It was really, really working because I, I went on my prayer rug. I was just feeling like a dot and, and I wasn't doing I was on my dean, but getting audited and uh, seeing the auditor, all these things that the minister help, help us uh, to assist us. Yes, man, that was the time. Um, just a reminder for everybody who may be on new on your computer, you can see the time. If not, if you're on your phone, make sure you check out the chat because they put the time also in the chat. And also for those who about to already know what you think, oh, the MGT keeping up, keeping the guns in the front pocket and she pitting the cap back. It's just a figure of speech, y'all. Don't be running around here talking about, see, there they go. I thought they weren't supposed to be carrying weapon, boy. She pitting caps back and keeping them guns in them front pockets. No, nah, that ain't what she meant, y'all, okay? That ain't what she meant. But I thank everybody for sharing this morning. We're going to come back on in the morning. At 8 a.m. Central Time, 8 a.m. Central Time to finish up part two of Fear, Faith and Truth. Before we get out of here, <clears throat> y'all know they y'all know they supposed to be coming out with round two, uh, uh, round two of the jab, huh? So next week I got to get. Uh, next week we 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 may be watching the Criterion. Now y'all know I already got terminated for the Criterion, so we're not going to be able to stream it. So what I'm thinking we can do if we can get the app launched before next week. Next week would be the perfect time for us to start watching that bad boy on the app. We're gonna stream it into the app, so we ain't getting banned on YouTube and Facebook. So if y'all are tuning in now on social media, we're we uh next week I plan on watching. The criterion, because that July 4th speech, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan warned us about what was going to happen. And we start to see over time the news started to reveal that what he said was true. So stay tuned for that. I'll keep you guys updated via text message and in the telegram. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Also, I want to give a shout out to Sister Shireen. Thank you for that donation and support of the Power Call 
uh, because it's definitely getting pretty expensive. Just to let you guys know, we just went up to 100,000 messages because what I have noticed that even though I have told you all, come on here at 8 a.m. Central Time, even if you don't get a text, people are still waiting on the text. So people are not coming on if they're not receiving that text. So I went ahead and upgraded again. Now we got 100,000 text messages. So we had nearly... I'm just saying we had a lot every month right now. So if you guys want to donate, you can. If not, we're just going to make it happen. But uh, thank you all for coming on. And I'll see you guys, inshallah, tomorrow, 8 a.m. Central Time. Assalamu alaikum.